Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1980. The album is No Respect. The artist is Rodney Dangerfield, and my guest is Julia Rossi. Thank you for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, instead of just starting off with an album, uh, which we've discussed before, but it's been a while since I'd heard it, why don't we talk about a little song that you wanted to do first? Yes. Am I singing it or are you playing it? Oh, you can sing it if you want. You are more than welcome to. <laughs> Why don't we just play it? Uh, yeah, I will I play sing along. I will cut a clip into it. But the name of the song is Miscapa La Pipi Papa. Correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. Which means essentially. Uh, I'm going to pee, Daddy. <laughs> like, I, I'm. Miscapa. Oh, God. I'm, my Italian has gotten so bad as I've gotten older. But, like, run. Mm-hmm. That's okay. like the literal translation, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's about this little. I I think it's a little girl, mm-hmm. but someone once told me it was a little boy. I'm okay. not sure. I should probably do some research. Maybe. But basically, <laughs> they're the kid is going to pee their pants, mm-hmm. and they're letting their dad know, and right. the dad is like scolding the kid, kind of. So it's like a novelty song from the '70s. Yeah. Uh, how did you hear it? Let's let's. I mean, you have an we Italian had, name. We There's, had the there. album single. Okay. And my, well, my parents are from Italy. Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, they they got it before I was born. Okay. And I remember hearing it when I was a kid, and my sister and I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Of course. Of and course. especially because the guy's voice, uh, it, he's very like, no, like he's like he's like so, and then like the little kid is like, he's got the It's like so. watches my mom watches um the rai like italian network mm-hmm. that you can get in the u.s and all the sketch shows still kind of have the same cadence okay all of right it's like you know it's, it's kind of similar to telemundo mm-hmm. a little bit but yeah. not as wild okay yeah that's hilarious yeah yeah oh my god is it is it a so is it a cadence that is similar to the language i mean is that it, it's more like and, and maybe maybe english sketches sound the same to other people sure, i have that's no my idea question, yeah. but it, it's just this sort of like 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 the guys voices are very low and the kids are very much like like it's it's very extreme yeah yeah, that's and amazing. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's so good. And the, uh, so, and but your your Italian you said is maybe dwindling a little bit. But... I well, I grew up speaking half and half. Okay, because my parents spoke half and half, and just as I've gotten older, English has taken over sure. more in the house, mm-hmm. and it really sucks because I now my friend Matteo, Matteo Lane, he's a comic, great comic. He he speaks perfect Italian, mm. and he says he loves it when I speak Italian because I sound like the equivalent of like. He sounds like hello, and I sound like hi y'all. Like I sound like that, 
in Italian. Oh my god! So I need to practice. It's a little bit nervous though. It's like the mm-hmm. same part of me that gets nervous to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like once I'm calm, mm-hmm. I can like flow Italian, no problem. But yeah. on the on the fly, I'm like, mm-hmm. like I can't do it. I, I I don't because I don't speak any other language, and mm-hmm. I learned German when I was like little and lost mm-hmm. it quick. You kind of forget that it's a skill. I guess. Yeah, it is. I can understand it. Like, I can totally understand when my mom talks to me. Mm-hmm. But, and we, we use it like a secret language. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll, like, talk about people in public as if nobody else can understand. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, yeah, it takes me a little, I have to get warmed up. Yeah, okay. But if I had, like, a glass of wine and was hanging out for a couple hours, I'd be, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even know who I was. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Did you grow up in a, I mean, was, is your family a funny family? Like, I, so I know funny. it's a typical question, but I... I mean, I, they're, they're not just funny in the, like, I have great stories about how, you know, I find them funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, my parents themselves and my sister and I, like, I totally, I mean, I was watching Benny Hill at age, like, three. <laughs> and just, like, I've always watched, like, kind of, you know, Three's Company. Like, I was really into, yeah. like, the sort of risque, like, boobies, you know, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of comedy, and, which is pretty evident in all the material I've done mm-hmm. since. But, um, <laughs> my parents, yeah, my sister and I, very, very silly together. Mm-hmm. Like, always were putting on sort of, like, sketches and, and oh, just, so like, doing stuff like that, making mm-hmm. videos. And then my parents, like, when they get mad, and I've sort of adopted this as well, like, they're really funny. Uh-huh. Like, they'll, like, impersonate each other <laughs> and just, like, make fun of each other. And they make fun of... I mean, it sounds mean, but they, like, just... They impersonate people and make fun of people. And yeah. they're really, really animated. And mm-hmm. I, I swear the two of them, like, had they been born in a different whatever, they probably would have been performers. Yeah. They're just so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I was I was trying to draw a pretentious parallel between comedy and language, but like I feel like because there, what's your thought? We don't talk about this a lot on the podcast because I don't necessarily like to ask the question because I. But what are your thoughts on being born funny? Do do you believe in that? I'm curious. I don't know. I mean, I think I think everyone is funny. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has a sense of humor. I hope, I think, somewhere yeah. in them. It just depends on what you find funny. Yeah. I think just some people have, for whatever reason, I don't know if they're born with it or if it's just the progression, you know, whatever happens to them through their life. Some people just have uh, a natural or innate ability to translate it. Okay, yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, like, so my sister and I are both very funny, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason growing up, and I, well, I think I know why. She was the older sister. Mm-hmm. So she was the one that my parents would hand, like, the instructions to the VCR to and mm-hmm. the video camera and be like, you're the older one. Mm-hmm. You figure it out. And they'd be like, now aim the camera at your sister. And then I'd be like, look at me dancing, you know? Uh-huh. So even though we both grew up with this sense of humor. Sure. I think because I was in the position of young, cute one, mm-hmm. that I was incur- I was more of the novelty. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So does that mean that I was naturally born as more of an entertainer than her? I don't think so. I think it just, maybe if I had been born first and her second, it would have been different. Sure. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I think I definitely inherited, I don't know if it's a a scientific thing or just watching thing, but my parents, they're they're very animated. Mm -hmm. But beyond just immigrant animation they're mm-hmm. they're just animated people yeah yeah especially my mom my mom like killed it in the cell phone store a couple summers ago mm-hmm. like she's this like adorable little italian housewife she she's not super social but when uh, you get her out 
she's like lights up and I took her to get a new cell phone and she had to like call they made her call my dad to approve the the purchase. Oh sure, yeah. I'm yeah. like a twenty dollar flip phone. <laughs> oh, and she's like putting the phone down and going, my husband, oh what a donkey and then like a whole circle of cell phone and store employees just surrounded her uh-huh. and were like mesmerized. Of course. And then she just started like punching shoulders and being like, you know when your husband does this? And like, it oh was, my God. I mean, it was amazing. Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're a better comic than me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, yeah. Oh my. So good. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I've always, I, I, I don't know what I want. They, they've let me film them and they're actually, they're both on the album. I have voicemails from each of them on my awesome. album. Okay. But I, I would love to incorporate them more just because they're, and again, not just because it's like, look at their crazy accents. You're right. There's something very naturally entertaining about them. And I, yeah. I don't know what to, how to share it. Yeah. Would they be into it? I don't know. I mean, sometimes it depends on the mood that they're in. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if there was a production team and a paycheck behind it. Sure. They'll do anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But when it's just like me and my phone, they're like, <laughs> are you putting this online to make fun of us? I'm like, no, I... <laughs> I think there's something here. I just don't yeah. know what. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a thing where there's there's a certain generational thing where uh, I think people are finally maybe getting around to appreciating uh, these kinds of differences. Where I understand any reticence to want to because, like, you know, you're different. You know, people. Are yeah. Gonna, people are they're afraid they're people are going to be laughing because they're different than it's a, which, when you know, their charm is clearly in their natural skill yeah as, that's really great yeah i mean Good i used God. to do i mean i do have one i have a couple jokes about them on my album which mm-hmm. i guess are sort of i mean i am making fun of them but i used to do so much more and i've really sort of pulled back because i i want to showcase the genuine funny side of them mm-hmm. rather than me doing impressions of them okay i'm yep. trying to figure out how to make that shift mm-hmm. because i want to present their genuine like great personalities that's hard to do because it's so much easier to have just like no here's my skew on a thing in life whereas no this person's like genuinely funny i sometimes think they're funnier than i am yeah how do i do how do i put them into my act without physically putting them on stage like that is interesting yeah yeah how do you talk about how funny somebody is like well they did agree to and i hope they both stick to their agreement i'm having uh an album release party and they agreed to let me skype them in Mm -hmm. on screen awesome so, hopefully, <laughs> my dad's very moody, so he says yes when he's had a beer. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of comedy, beyond songs about having to take a piss, Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was like the first stuff you listened to? I mean, were you equally exposed to English stuff and Italian stuff? or Most, Mostly English. Yeah. Um, I grew up, I wasn't a kid that grew up uh, sort of super focused on stand-up. Mm-hmm. I was... Very much a sitcom kid. Okay. I mean, any 80s, 90s sitcom, and also 70s sitcoms, because I watch all the real sure, ones. Sure. I mean, obsessed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to be Mrs. Roper. <laughs> I, I feel like at this point, that could be a goal in a few years that I become that character. Uh, I love a nice kimono, you know, Mumu style outfit. Uh, and I also just loved her, like, she's so horny, you know? And I, it was such a great dynamic. Like, I, I just grew up with that stuff. Um, you know, watching like all the National Lampoons sure. and all that stuff. And uh, just that was sort of my first exposure into liking comedy and funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say the first stand up that kind of I connected to was when I was a teenager was Margaret Cho. Okay. Because of the immigrant 
thing. Okay. I sure. really related, even though it was, you know, different ethnicity. I just, I really related to that. Yeah. So she was, I mean, I always liked other people before that, but mm-hmm. she was the one that made me go, oh, maybe I want to talk into a microphone. Yeah. Which is yeah. what I thought it was then. I was like, oh, you're just talking to a microphone. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Of you course. don't write. You don't do any work. <laughs> That's the interesting thing, too, is about if you're a second generation comic, there is I mean, obviously, there are beats that you can hit that anybody else has done. I mean, like one of the big things I feel like is sort of like handholding of your parents, not necessarily that they're not competent, but that sometimes you're the one who's got to translate even not linguistically, but translate culture sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of a bit that a lot, or a beat that a lot of people do if, if they're like second generation or first generation where it's it's. um did they I'm trying to think was any of this comedy given to you through them or were you just watching stuff on your own i mean i guess the parts that were given to me through them was when we watched sitcoms together mm-hmm. and we watched benny hill and all those kinds of things together sure. and then stand up no that that was sort of the direction well i mean well not to jump the gun on what we're gonna talk about no it's 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 best i was trying to say okay I yeah i mean my my parents especially my dad i mean they're both huge rodney dangerfield fans okay, yeah. so i mean i don't even know if they could quote they just love saying no respect uh-huh. <laughs> and they call they refer a lot of immigrant people do this they just refer to people by like the chinese guy the black guy and they're uh-huh. like the no respect guy uh-huh. you know like john candy is uncle buck mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. they don't have time for names <laughs> so uh so yeah so he was he was a comic that was like a a known person in our house yeah yeah. And they were okay with it given like the filthy language that sometimes comes out of this guy's mouth. I, I mean, I've I've been filthy, like I said, since I, I mean, I was watching, like I said, Benny Hill sure. when I was a toddler. Mm-hmm. So and also, you know, in Italy, I mean, my mom would get Italian magazines mailed to her and it's like topless women on a beach. Sure. I mean, it's it's very I was drinking wine mixed with seven up when I was like eight. All like, right. It's yeah, you know, it, it's funny <laughs> because they very much raised me like don't have sex before marriage will kill you, mm-hmm. but also look at these titties. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. No, I, 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 I yeah. was exposed to the same stuff. My parents wouldn't let me watch violence or anything, but boobies, fine. You know, they yeah. don't care at all. Uh, boobies in really good comedy, usually. Uh, and sometimes a mix. Monty Python was a good mix. Benny Hill also. I'm pretty sure they made me watch a lot of Benny Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember when you first heard No Respect? The, uh, the, I don't know if I remember hearing when I heard the album. Okay. Because we didn't buy the album. Mm-hmm. But I just remember hearing the phrase uh-huh. and my dad being like, oh, you know, it's like that guy. No respect. I mean, he would just like walk around the house saying that. And I'm like, cool. Probably. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I must have been like six mm-hmm. or seven when mm-hmm. I first sort of remember that being a part of the language in the household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, I, I am curious then about, like, what about his character translated enough to your dad? Like, do you know? Can you tell? I think, I think he was, I feel like Rodney Dangerfield was, and again, I don't really remember too much because I was little, but on TV mm-hmm. a lot. Like, he sure. made a lot of appearances, and also all the movies that he was in. And I, my dad is always, you know, he loves Archie Bunker okay. character. He loves Fred Sanford. My dad is a combination of both of those characters. <laughs> so he really connects to... He's like, I'm just a guy trying to like, you know, get by. Yeah, Why is yeah, everyone yeah. gonna bust my balls? You know, like that. That's my dad is so simple in that way, and mm-hmm. it's, it's beautifully simple in that way. Sure. And uh, yeah, and then my mom, you know, got on board with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's is your connection? Just like these are just solid one-liners. Like, what was the stuff that appealed to you the most? 
I mean, I think my main connection is that he is a comic that my parents actually can put a name and face to and mm-hmm. have a connection to. Uh, he just, well, I love that he got his break and start so late. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, this is something I could talk about for five hours, but I, I very much feel like a late bloomer, even though I've, I've been in and out of comedy mm-hmm. since I was like 20. Uh-huh. But I, it took me a very long time to fully commit sure. to not just comedy, the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love hearing stories of people that figured it out later or mm-hmm. like got to start later. I mean, granted, he's a guy. Um, <laughs> sure. Sure. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully things are changing. Uh-huh. But uh, so I love that. And I, I just like his. I don't th- one liners is not my specialty. Sure. And I really admire people who can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I also love, you know, Louis C.K. I love because I, I feel more connected to him because I'm more of a storyteller comic. Uh-huh. But when I do write a one liner, I am like over. I can't believe I did it. Twitter. <laughs> like it was actually Twitter that helped me be a better one liner comic. Yeah. OK, because I was like, oh, this is a fun skill to learn. And like one of the first jokes it might even be the first joke on. No respect is it makes me laugh so hard. The I think he says like my dad worked in a bank. <laughs> Do you know that joke? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he stole pens. And it's like it it, it made like, it made me laugh out loud when yeah. I li- re-listened to it on the plane mm-hmm. here. It's such a weird mix of like cute stuff like that, and yeah. then like he'll he'll call his daughter a whore or whatever. Like if, yeah. if whatever serves a joke, like he doesn't care. I mean, I didn't like he does have a, a rape joke. That he does, you're right. Which yeah, was I, a little I, jarring, I, yeah. but it was also a different time. But mm. then there's that tricky thing where, and I don't even know that I can go into it because I don't even know what my opinion is, but yeah. it's like, <laughs> I don't want to censor comedy, but it yeah. depends on the comic. Yeah. If that makes any no, sense. I, I, I get it. Yeah. And it's like, that. It, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And who am I to say who's allowed to say what? Sure, sure, sure. So it's tricky. Yeah. So when I heard it, I was like, whoa, I forgot he had that joke. Yeah. And then I was also like, yeah, but. <laughs> right. But I was also like, no, but I, yeah, I felt very torn. Yeah, no, it's hard. Like even like you can espouse to uh, till you're blue in the face uh, that you know censorship's not a good thing and uh, that you you know you, you know you you never have to watch your mouth. But yeah. also like at the same time like we're all we all have triggers. We all have shit that's just like oh that that's like that's not that was lazy. Yeah, you know, like that's a big thing I have. Like, yeah. did you have to make that rape joke, or was it you being lazy? Well, yeah, you know? it depends and, what your what your intent. It's all about sure. everything with words is about intention. Absolutely. So if your intention, because I talk about rape in my set, but mm-hmm. I talk about how I'm terrified of, of it course, at yeah. every moment that I'm alive. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this the day? You know, like mm-hmm. it's. I think most women can relate to that, but when it's someone who's just refer, you know, like when someone does like a. Oh, you know, I was an altar boy, you know, but I guess I wasn't hot enough to get hit. I'm like, first of all, 30, how many people have that joke? Number one. And number two, why? It's like, it's so sad. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like an awful thing that has happened to people. Yeah. It make it would make more sense had it happened to you that you're now making fun and and and, and being yeah. able to deal with it through comedy. Or if you can <laughs> find an angle to, you know, and I know it was controversial to some, mm-hmm. but when Louis CK did the SNL monologue and uh-huh. he talked about you have to really want to molest a kid. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. That <laughs> yes. thing. Yes, I do. And I mean, I gasped a little yeah. bit, yeah. but I was like 
<clears throat> yeah, I get, I get what he's. I mean, I get what he's saying. Yeah, he's not condoning it in any way. No, he's no. trying to understand the mind of somebody that is horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other. Th- yeah, that's just it too. Is like it, it's that kind of like artistic exploration that like is the same same way that where I'll be like. I don't, is it, I mean, here's the thing. I'm lucky enough not to have a whole lot of triggers. And also, I'm not a woman, so I don't have to deal with the shit we were just talking about. So, yeah. like, it's not the same for me at all. So, it's easy for me to be like, oh, well, this other white guy is talking about this stuff that's also never happened to me. But, like, I, I am really fascinated when somebody does, like, an exploration like that. Yeah. Knows he's going to piss people off and knows that, like, there's there's there, there are two people in the audience. One is the people who just heard a certain word or set of words and thinks I'm condoning it. There's another group of people who are like, at the very least, even if they're disgusted or don't care, they at least know what I'm actually trying to yeah. do. You know? I mean, I've tried things out. Like, even like, it was like six months ago I did a show, and uh, my my boyfriend is a comic, Will Miles. Uh, he's black, and mm-hmm. I was doing a joke about dating a black guy. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was saying the joke, I didn't say the words I wanted to say, and I think I came across as making it sound like I was doing my boyfriend a favor by dating him. Oh. And there is an element to the... There, there is that element in the joke that I'm trying to uh-huh. make in like a... I'm making fun of that idea. Yes. But I know that the way I said it didn't come out the right way. But I was working out the joke. Sure. Nobody got mad. Yeah. I mean, maybe someone did, but they didn't say anything. Yeah. I immediately called my boyfriend afterwards. I was like, oh, I just said this thing on stage. It's not how I meant for it to come out. Am I a horrible person? He's like, no. <laughs> like, you're working out a joke. It's okay. Yeah. However, somebody could have heard me mm-hmm. blogged about it videotaped it whatever yeah. and that's it's a little tricky now with censorship and and activism and all that stuff because like look i was a sociology major mm-hmm. i have i i get fired up real easy right mm-hmm. however i'm also a comic yeah and it's it's an interesting i mean it's probably partially why i am a comic mm-hmm. and it's hard though now because I'll go online and I'll see somebody outraged about not just comedy, but about anything. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yeah, can I swear? Yeah. Fuck them. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll see someone else tweet the opposite view. And I'm like, Oh, good point. You know? And <laughs> yeah. I, and I feel yeah. very, it's like, you don't even have a chance anymore mm-hmm. to come up with how you feel about an issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Because people are, I mean, the second something happens, there's already a think piece, yep. uh, a petition, mm-hmm. uh, a meme, and you're like, I don't even know if I'm angry. I just know I'm f- I'm fueled right now. Yeah, yeah. And it and it's such, it's it's good for some stuff, mm-hmm. but it's also like, I don't even I don't even know where to put my energy anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I, yeah, I, <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Is like I, I even avoid like if I have a strong feeling, I have to give myself so much space before I write anything about it. Yeah, or if even. Yeah, if even, and I, I, I kind of regret it every time I do, even yeah. if I think I made a good point. Yeah. Like I tried to say something the other day about men's rights being a bullshit idea, and I had a friend, a woman, r- fucking just wail on me for oh, it. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, why are you? And actually, most of the point, she misunderstood what I said, but every point she made was actually fairly valid. And yeah. I'm like. You know what? I guess I should have included that in the list of caveats and asterisks below. But like, <clears throat> you have to say everything. You have to have a series of footnotes with anything you say, yeah. and it's just like, oh fuck. So like, that's just it, though. It's like, <clears throat> I'm now complaining about having to be careful with my words. Whereas I, I hate it. I hate it if a comic. I, I, I will get pissed if a comic says the wrong thing too. Like, and you yeah. know, and it's hard. I, I did a podcast <clears throat> last year, <clears throat> and the issue of 
sexism came up uh-huh. and I said essentially basically the someone on the podcast was like don't men face sexism mm-hmm. and I go give me an example mm-hmm. I never said that men don't have sure. gender issues sure I never said anything along those lines I, I think there's a lot of shitty I think we raise men and women very shitty mm-hmm. is a lot of horrible things but by definition, in, when you look in the dictionary, because mm-hmm. I did, I mm-hmm. looked it up afterwards, it says, you know, discrimination based on gender, m- mostly geared at women, right? Yeah. That yeah. Is, that's the definition. Sure. So, and then because I had this sort of, you know, not challenge, it was just a, an interaction. I kind of felt a little off guard, and then I kind of got a little mad. And I don't know if everything I said was correct, yeah. but it wasn't, I like... It, we're having conversation. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's at the end of the day, it's what it was. Yeah. And I had some men tweet at me, you know, oh, like that, I would, good point. I never thought of feminism that way. Like it was like, great, mm-hmm. right? But the amount of dumb bitch, dyke, cunt, whore, mm-hmm. all these things, statistics, photos of evidence of all this. What about the boys that were molested? And I was like, I never said any of that. No. I didn't. And also, I I'm not a perfect person. Sure. If if one thing I said was wrong or offensive or hurt mm-hmm. you, you know, a great way and and I I'll say this on your podcast. I don't know if anyone's going to hear it or mm-hmm. whatever. Email me. Yeah. Email me and go, "Hey, you know what? Actually, my experience was blank and I think blank." And I'm yeah. like, "Well, think that's I'm so open to learning yeah. that I will hear you and like you know, take from it what I can and mm-hmm. maybe we'll have a discussion." But all caps calling me a dumb feminist dyke cunt, mm. you've lost me. Yep. I. It's not going to cause any change. Nothing's changed. No. Now I'm. No. Now it just fuels the opposite sides to hate each other more. Right. And it's like, man, I don't know. I the stuff worries and upsets me. It makes me not want to have children. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's lack of dialogue. That's an attack. I mean, like it's the it's the same shit people talk about day in, day out is like a dude attacking you. And I mean it's not obviously not nearly the same online, but it's it is fucking like uh it's an attack. That's all it is. You've got nothing to say if that's Yeah. You know uh, I mean my intention in comedy uh, uh, is to make people feel good, yeah. feel less lonely, mm-hmm. and and once in a while maybe change someone's mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want to hurt people's feelings or like attack or whatever. But I mean I'm just doing my best, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but just calling me names or calling anyone names isn't going to ever fix anything. And that's on the opposite side too, because mm-hmm. I know plenty of people, comics and whatever, who you know we all get. <laughs> we all get mad. Sure. We all, we all say things sometimes we don't mean. Yeah. We're human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, of being human, <laughs> uh, Roddy Dangerfield Roddy might Dangerfield. be the most human comic, at least of the of the era. Uh, the, I, I keep forgetting that this album came out in 1980. And I mean, he's, what, 50-something at the time when this thing comes out. Ancient. Yeah. Ancient. Like, I mean, not ancient, but ancient for, like... A comic hitting their stride yeah and it's fantastic like you well you, you said one of your favorite jokes which is it was an adorable joke do you have any others that like sit with you or ones that you like remember like i mean i love all the ones where he's you know i mean i love that he, how self-deprecating he is mm-hmm. because it it gives him it's more endearing when he's making fun of his entire family because sure. if he was up there thinking he was amazing mm-hmm. that wouldn't fly Mm-mm. Um, but when he talks about like his wife 
Oh, God. Oh, I forget the joke. But something where he hasn't seen his wife. I can't remember what it is, but it's basically about his wife having sex with other people all Mm -hmm. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just... I love it because... I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like for that sort of early comp... Like, yes, he's calling his wife a whore, and that's not nice. Mm -hmm. But... It's such a great... From, I just thought it was a cool angle in that it's his wife that's the cheater. Yeah. And his wife is the one... It's, you know, why I love Mrs. Roper. His wife mm-hmm. is the one that's sexual. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who's sexless. Yeah. And I, I think for that time, it was sort of a different perspective to take. Sure. And then I also love the audience interactions he has where he's like... he. I mean, he. it sounds like a, a casual bar show when he's just I saying know, things yeah. like... Well, I, that was a joke in case you didn't know. And I'm like, oh, man, like we've all done that when you're like, stop, don't yell at the audience. Right, right. Don't do it. It's not their fault. <laughs> but he can get away with it, too. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like everything he does just goes over gangbusters. So. Yeah. And when he opens with a song and stuff, uh-huh. and like that, that sort of element of comedy being a show mm-hmm. is is something that I wish was still true today instead of um, I'm a Vine star, you know, (laughs) which uh, this is the third radio thing I've done this week where I said Vine star. So sorry. (laughs) Sorry to the Vine stars. Oh God. He, you know that they like live in a compound on Vine now, right? Wait, what? There's like, there's a a place where like a lot of Vine stars live and it's on Vine in Hollywood. You're joking. I'm not kidding. What do they do there? Fuck. That's where they live. And then they go and fucking shoot. 10 second videos or whatever the fuck like they live there because they're getting contracts to live mm. i'm sorry i sound like an old complaining man no but i mean like, look, this is just i thought i i they're all fun all the apps are fun i've, sure. I've tried them all you sure. know I've dabbled. i feel like they're drugs i've done a little fun I've done a little <laughs> twitter uh but i it's like it's not why i got into this no. but i have to do it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> you know, it makes me think like when I think of uh, whenever somebody, if you mention an album that I've heard, especially one that I've listened to recently, like the picture I have in my head. And I, I'm kind of wondering what you picture in your head the room looking like. I mean, mm-hmm. you know how small it is. Well, you can assume how small it is. Mm-hmm. But like it, when I picture it, I'm just, I he just sounds sweaty. He sounds yeah. like a guy just in a dark room. He doesn't necessarily sound like a smoker, but like. He, there's something about him that he just he just oozes just like I'm. Ju- you look at the cover of the album. Yeah, he looks like he's just not put together at all. And I know it's an act, but like I don't know. What, what do you picture when you hear? this? I imagine he is in like the original room at the comedy store. Uh huh. Um, but even darker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I kept imagining. And for some reason, like blue lights instead of red lights, which I think is what the original room had or has. Um, yeah. But yeah, a place like that, and just—I mean—I kept thinking Vegas, but I don't think it was in Vegas. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. But he's got that, you know, he there. There's like a Rat Pack element mm-hmm. to it, but like, you know, a little disheveled. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the Rat Pack that's been gambling and drinking all night. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, guys like that, and again, it definitely goes back to my dad. Like, there's this like rough blunt sort of like ah the world's a piece of shit Mm -hmm. you know and i i just i i'm so i find it so endearing yeah and familiar i think it's probably where the appeal is is honestly from a lot of people's dads like this is a guy i mean for me it's different i didn't grow up with a dad like that but like i 
I don't know. I feel like maybe part of me wanted to have known a dude like that. <laughs> like, I grew up in, like, a redneck part of upstate New York. So, like, I, I feel like, I don't know. There's just something that appeals. It's like maybe we all need, like, this weird little role model of a dude who acts like that. If we don't have it, we get Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Play. Well, there's this, like, element where they can, I mean, the things that come out of my dad's mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so grateful sometimes that we're indoors. <laughs> and then and then when I confront him on it, he's like, but what? I mean, it, that's true. The guy looks like a da-da-da-da, you know, and it's so not PC yeah. and it's so inappropriate. But he can get away with it because he's like, he doesn't, he's, but he likes everybody. Yeah. And he's a nice guy yeah. and he's really generous and he's worked really, it's almost like he's worked really hard and earned a right to be a dick, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I, I guess like <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a little refreshing sometimes in the world of overly sensitive PC. And again, yeah. this is coming from someone who I, I can be that way at times. Sure. Yeah. But it's okay to be PC when I want to. It's basically, what what yeah. I think is the way to go. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally relate. That's that's why I don't say anything online. Yeah. I know I'm going to contradict myself one yeah. of these days. Like I I remember one time saying that I hated I hate the term equal opportunity offender. It really bugs me. And I'm like, you should never use it. Blah blah. And then a friend of mine posts. Trey and, Trey and Matt from South Park said it once in this article. I'm like, oh, fuck, god damn it. Why'd you have even, to do that? I, I love know their if shit. I know what that means. It's just an excuse to say whatever you want because that's satire. And it's like, I don't, I've, I've, I've always hated it. It's a blanket term where I'm like, people just want to be lazy. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of, like, picking your targets carefully. I'm a big fan of punching up and, like, yeah. you know. I mean, this is a guy, that's the other thing about Rodney Dangerfield. Maybe he punches up, but it's mostly he punches himself in the face. And that's what's yeah. so great about it. Is it? Did he have a son and a daughter? <coughs> I don't even know. I don't yeah. know enough about his life, just his albums, you know? Because, I mean, also the thing, too, is when you're making fun of people in your life, it's like if they're into it, mm-hmm. then yeah. who is anyone else to say that you can and can't say certain things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then he has the gay jokes. Yeah. But, but again, that era mm-hmm. was, you know, I, I it was considered like this sort of... Like, oh, look at that guy, you yeah. know, like with yeah, his yeah, purse yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I didn't, I just didn't really laugh at those yeah. just because I was like, it's, it's too old for yeah. me at this point. Uh-huh. But I wasn't shocked yeah. based on when the album was recorded. Sure. You know, sure. Would you, do you get shocked? I, I feel like I still get, well, maybe I just cringe. Like, I love Eddie Murphy's shit, but like when that stuff comes up, that's the stuff where I'm just like, oh, right, yep, that's yeah, I, I, like, I, I don't, know. I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to react. Yeah. Like, and some, and I get upset with myself if my natural reaction is um, uh, to not react. <laughs> like, uh oh, I'm not sensitive enough. Today. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the Eddie Murphy stuff that I, my sister and I obsessively watched growing up, the best of Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. thing. Like, once we got that on VHS, we. <laughs> When he does the white guy on the bus. Oh, God. It's yeah. And then James Brown in the hot tub. We would act up the James Brown in the hot tub. We still do it. Like, sometimes I'll go to her house and I'll take off my coat and throw myself on the ground. And her husband's like, what are you guys doing? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. 
That's the, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is, like, this is an era of comedians who, if they make it big, they're doing what Eddie Murphy did. They're like, oh, fuck it, I'm a, I'm a concert comic, and I'm, or I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a theater comic, I'm gonna do movies. Rodney Dangerfield, while he did movies, and, you know, was well-known enough from them, was ne- he's never gonna be Eddie Murphy, but, like, it's just weird that he goes from, like, one-liner comic to starring in movies at all. Yeah. You know? I feel like that, that time, though, not that it's done completely, but it's... You know, I don't know. It's just like it's different now. It is, yeah. Well, I mean, the the look. I, even now, I mean, I, maybe, and this could be a shitty, gross generalization, but like, uh, as far as like, yeah, I feel like you could get away with just looking like yourself. I mean, Ronnie again, he's a dude, so Ronnie Dangerfield could look like Ronnie Dangerfield all he wanted. Mm-hmm. But also, like Bill Murray, we've come to be used to how Bill Murray looks, but he's kind of a doofy looking dude. You know what I mean? Like, well, you think you can do that now, or you can't? Uh, I, I, I think less so. I think is it. I, I, I think you're going to be held to this stupid standard that doesn't make any sense. I, I, I could be wrong though. I like, no, I, 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 uh, I hear that and mm-hmm. I see it, and I can think of many examples of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at least as a woman, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not still there. Sure. But I definitely feel like in the past maybe two years, mm-hmm. I've seen so many like average size women. Mm-hmm. And sort of not perfect women on TV yeah, and that's movies, true. Sure. which has been really nice to see, like a size eight to twelve mm-hmm. yeah. on, which is like the average, whatever yeah. average. And it, it's just because I remember, man, it must have been like five years ago that the a friend of mine who works in the industry told me that a manager told her, mm-hmm. I will only rep, I only rep super super skinny girls or super fat women comics because i don't know what to do with anyone in between oh my god i know and i was like cool wow (laughs) all right that's interesting yeah and i had an acting teacher told me to get plastic surgery on my face holy fuck yeah i wrote an article about it i'm not even gonna get into it (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like i've told this story no no i'll read the article yeah uh i yeah and i I think this is you know and this is probably just my weird perspective and it's it's probably just because those movies looked grittier maybe that's all it is it's affecting my brain you know, maybe that's that's the skewing my my thoughts. Well, there weren't as many effects, and it was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. God, I miss that time. Yeah, I know, I do too. I wish I was a grown up in the '80s. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, ah, uh, yeah. I want to be in that TGIF block <laughs> of sitcoms <laughs> so bad. I'll even take the 9:30 slot. Right. You know. Did you watch Perfect Strangers? Everything. Okay. Okay. Every good. single. Good, every good, single good. show. Yeah, I love Perfect. I'm a really big fan of Perfect. Really? Strangers. Yeah, I really want to. Reunion. I would love a reunion of that show. My mom was super into the Balky character, mm-hmm. if you're not surprised. Mm-mm. He's the best. <laughs> yeah. He's the fucking... Like, he shouldn't be, but like it, it's a dumb character, but at least it's not like a real uh, ethnicity that he's poking fun at. You yeah. Know? It's, just, it's the one that he's invented. <laughs> uh, he's just generalizing about yeah. that, that part of the country, uh, the world. Um, so, all right. So, Rodney Dangerfield, is there... I mean, again, you don't do one-liners, but is there anything of his style that's like rubbed off on you or anything? yeah i mean the 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 one-liners that i do i think have a little bit i guess i'm inspired by him or relate to him in the uh the the dirtiness mm-hmm. at times the sort of like and the uh i'm self-deprecating not exactly the way he is sure. but i like to make sure that when I am telling stories, mm-hmm. I am the one, even if it's a story about like, like I have some stories about um, an ex 
that aren't very flattering to things that he did. Mm -hmm. But I hope and try to make it so I am the idiot in it. Yeah. Because I chose to stay with, like, even after he did blank, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm still here because I'm afraid to be alone. You know, like, mm-hmm. so I, I, I pulled, I think, from him that, like, you have to remember that if you're going to punch, like you said, mm-hmm. make sure that you're punching yourself in the face as well. Like, yeah. I really like the, the way you said it. Yeah. And not, it doesn't have to be so blatant in, like, the, I'm fat and ugly and dumb, sure, you sure. know, yeah, because I don't think those things of me. But do I think that I've been... Those things mm-hmm. at times, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? yeah. That, that's I, that was going to be my next question. Is like, how do you do that in a narrative way? It feels like I won't say easy, but it feels like simpler to like. I can do I can do so many jokes on this theme, one liner, one liner, one liner that are all like this person's stupid, but the joke is actually reflecting back on me. Like, I feel, is it? It feels like it'd be harder to do it in a narrative way. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've always told, uh, and it's so funny because just a few years ago. I feel like I had when storytelling because I I co-host a storytelling show called Strip Stories. Uh We started in New York. It was like nine years ago. And uh, when storytelling started to become really popular and Mm -hmm. like its own thing, I remember like people like some bookers or comics being like, so are you like a stand up or like a storyteller? And I'm like, I I tell say things into microphones and mm-hmm. laughter sometimes occurs like uh-huh. i don't know right. whatever i'm a performer like mm-hmm. i would just say i'm a performer a comedian and i felt like there was so much questioning of it for a little while but now <laughs> but now so much stand-up that i watch has become this sort of storytelling narrative mm-hmm. and it, it was like really annoying for i don't even know if i'm answering your question yeah, uh, but your absolutely. question about the how to get that in there i mean i think I don't know. I play around with it. Like I'll I'll tell a story and I'll make sure that I have the certain punchlines that come in, and mm-hmm. that's why it's like I've been having more fun. Like after listening, re-listening to that No Respect album, I was like, man, I wonder if I should try to challenge myself just for fun mm-hmm. to see how many one-liners I could write on yeah. a certain topic. Right. But it would feel very unnatural to me uh-huh. to then just go up there and say them and back like boom, 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 boom. It, right. I would have to include. A, a story like a storyline mm-hmm. it's just the way my brain's always worked in in comedy yeah you know be interesting too is like i feel like there is there not a, it's just a subtextual narrative to the way he's telling them like he's obviously telling them in an order like i'm gonna here's my group of wife jokes yeah here there's probably a transition into daughter joke you know like that that it's there it's just not in story form so, but it does feel like it's probably one reason why he didn't bother with it. it's like first of all i've got a catalog of jokes i'm just going to use yeah. my catalog of jokes but then the, the next thing is like to to totally just add uh, you know what would be to him extraneous words you know it, man that's yeah that, that's just interesting because um d- the storytelling thing and then it, <laughs> how yeah i'm just i'm just trying to think how you would do you're all, just all how you you would have to string them together in this in the same way like just yeah i mean i think it, it's helpful though to look at your stuff and see new things you could try because i'm sure it would there's probably some fat that i could trim mm-hmm. off of certain things and bits and even like going back and like i recorded my album in october and it's february that it's coming out mm-hmm. and like even since I'd listened to it, I'm like, oh man, I could have changed yeah, this. Yeah, and yeah. this has, I have like, some of the jokes have new endings now. And, okay. You know, and I don't know. It's, it's like never done. Yeah. Yeah. 
I could definitely cut some likes and ums. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what I mean? I say that a lot. I'm like, maybe that could be my tagline. I'm like, no, it's just a filler. It's just a habit. Are you a, I mean, are you going to stick with the stuff that's on the album? Or are you a like brand no. new material? Um, hmm. There's about 15 minutes that is still, and some of it that I, I wrote within the last year. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that's about one two-ish years old mm-hmm. i still i've i've since i did the album have added okay so i feel like it's this weird thing as part of me wishes i didn't put it on the album uh-huh. because it's even better now okay. with the new stuff yeah but there's there's a there's a lot on there where i mean i'll do it if i'm doing a headlining show within the next few months because yep. i won't have a whole new hour by then sure sure and i do think that i mean it's also not assuming that everyone in the audience has heard the album. That's the other thing, too. Yeah. yeah. But I I mean, the goal is to have, you know, a whole new block of... And I, I have notes and I have ideas. It's just... It's the... Un, it's Now it's the... Un, it's the exciting but very painful stage of trying new things yeah. and being like, oh, so bad right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. But the... I mean, I the way I like to do new material, depending on the show that I'm doing is I sandwich it between stuff that works. Yeah. So you don't go home and kill yourself, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I don't know, but people have different, some people throw away all the material once it's on an album. Some people keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but there, there's a little bit of material on there that I, I'm still really having fun doing. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's some stuff on there where I'm like, I don't even know that I could say these words still. Mm -hmm. I'm just, done with it that makes sense yeah um a little bit back to rodney did you did you watch or were you a fan of his movies at all i'm curious or is it just like this guy this character oh no 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 i watched i watched the movies Mm -hmm. um you know uh oh why am i blanking i should probably mention that i haven't slept in a week um (laughs) and i should know them off the top of my head too actually yeah back to school Back there's back to school. One. There's ladybugs, which is a little bit later. Yeah, era. that's later. But then there is one after back to school. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, and this is so. Like I said, like television, mm-hmm. I can tell you what character, what show, what episode. Sure. I mean, for some reason, tell and still to this day, like television sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Movies. As soon as the movie is over, mm-hmm. the only thing I can tell you is whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. I do not remember. Like it's it. it like I'm in it while I'm watching it and I just sort of, I just don't, I don't know why. And so a lot of those eighties movies with like Ronnie Dangerfield, Chevy Chase, John Candy, they, they're all, I'm like, yeah, it's called back to the, uh, animal, uh, house shack, uh, lampoon, you know, like they all sort of mush together. I can, no, that I can see that. I was also a child. Sure. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, oh, well, of course he's in Caddyshack. That obviously yeah. should have, um, that one should have popped up. He was in a movie called Rover Dangerfield where he plays a dog. It's an animated movie. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that, I can't believe that exists. That's, that's making me laugh very, very, very much. Uh, wait, uh, do, 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 there's another couple in here that are just, that I, well, well, fuck me. I can't get, uh, there goes my knowledge. Back to School happened. was the big one, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's the first one that pops into my head. But did he also make... Did he do any television? Why am I thinking that? He, no. I mean, but he never had a series, but I mean, he did cameos and shit all the time. He's yeah. almost one of the better episodes of The Simpsons. He played um, Mr. Burns' son, Long when Lost Son. When did he son. die? 
Uh, well, I just saw that he had a movie that came out in 2000, uh, but that doesn't mean he shot it anywhere near there, because yeah. they could have just released it years later. When did Rodney Dangerfield pass away? 2004. Mm. 2004. His eyes used to scare me a little bit when I was yeah, a kid, too. Yeah, I can see that, and just looking at them, yeah, they're very, <laughs> they're very bulgy. I want, yeah. I actually kind of want to know what he looked like as a young man, because I've never seen pictures of him younger than 1980 you know like yeah. i've never ever seen young rodney dangerfield and i wonder and i know that he used to operate under a different name etc 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 i just i just love i mean it's just the age thing it just it's so you know people you always read inspirational quotes in like your dentist's office that say like <laughs> it's never too late or like keep going and it it's just nice when you hear evidence of that because and and not to discredit anyone who's young sure but it you know, you, you see all like these lists that are like the top young blah, blah, blahs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but why is why is it a credit or, an, you know, to be under 25 or 30 yeah. and achieve something? I mean, it's great. I And when you do the hard work, I, I don't want to be a hater to anyone. Sure. But I also, you know, it's. I don't know, it's, it's, there's lots of great people doing things that are 30, 40, 50, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, yeah. Do you, all right, so if, if you're going to recommend this album to somebody, let's say there's somebody out there who's never heard Rodney Dangerfield, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to put any clips in this because we've done it before, so that means I've already done, I've like spent my clips, but we will have the pee-pee song in here. Um, <laughs> so if, if somebody's going to listen to this album, to get into da- Rodney Dangerfield, or in general, just to appreciate a different kind of comedy, what's what's a good reason? Like, how would you condense a couple sentences? I think, other than the rape and gay <laughs> bits, <laughs> the rest of it is just a really great example of, and I, I don't know that I can say it any better than you did, punching yourself in the face <laughs> harder than you're punching others. <laughs> and it, it's, it's just so... Um, you just, you know him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know a guy, like you are, we're all a little bit like him. Yeah. You know, we're all a little bit of a sweaty mess <laughs> that is, like, disrespected. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I think that's probably the best pitch that I can do of this album. Yeah, yeah. Of It'll it'll touch your inner Rodney. It really will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some, I mean, God, I just, there's, I mean, there are bits that, I mean, of his in general that are always going to stick with me. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Doctor Slap My Mother bit is always going to be funny. And it's oh, probably, yeah. he probably didn't write that one. I don't fucking care. Yeah, I didn't he even realize that was it. his. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's one I always think of. I don't even think it's on this album, but it's like the first thing that pops into my head. Every, yeah. Every time. That, and of course, like being the guy to pull out your collar, which is, I did he ever even do that? I don't know. I think he did. must have right yeah like, i mean it's just tapping it's, a sweat with his tie yeah he's just so legendary <laughs> at this point and it's great like you say it's great that he became a legend like so late in life and, yeah uh, it's uh i also recommend like if you ever listen to a podcast out there go listen to podcasts where <clears throat> maurice lamarche is on the nerdist for instance anytime he talks about rodney dangerfield a you get to listen to him do a fantastic rodney dangerfield impression and 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 b you get to hear him talk about Several times he saw Rodney Dangerfield's balls because he never closed his robe properly. <laughs> Those stories Amazing. are the greatest stories on the planet. They're so stupid, but like he he like toured with Rodney Dangerfield. Like, oh my god! So that I can't imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, he's a super generous guy too, just throwing money all over the place. He's like, "Fuck it, I finally have money." Like yeah. you know, and he like he appreciated probably every dime he had. Oh, you know, hey, right? That's the kind of stuff you want to hear about this guy. Oh like, yeah, I mean, I'm like dying for the day that I can like take ten friends out to dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's uh, 
and I was actually just thinking earlier, sorry, we should end, but like, <laughs> think on this audience. I was trying to think, first of all, I don't know how many good comedy, comedian biopics they've ever done. Lenny's really good, but it's sad. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't Lenny. seen it. It's so fucking sad. Okay. Uh, but like, who the fuck could play? Like, that's not, that's the hard part, other than if you're going to do an impression. Because uh, there's a comedian, oh, fuck, what's his name? There's a really good Sam Kinison and tried out for to be Sam Kinison in a movie about him. Other than doing an impression, like, how do you find, like, his essence. This is Rodney Dangerfield's essence is what made him so funny. Like, I mean, my dad's available. All right. Let's, let's, let's get him to do it. <laughs> okay, let's start it now. Um, that was a water drink. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, what do you have to promote? Where can people find you? My, so my, al- when is this coming out? Uh, it can come out uh, this Wednesday. Okay. My album comes out Friday. Awesome. Uh, it's called True Love, and it's on uh, a label called Comedy Records. They're mm-hmm. a great label based out of Canada. Awesome. They're doing a lot of American comics, and um, they'll get an, you can get an iTunes. Um, I also have a podcast. Mm-hmm with uh will miles called hopefully we don't break up and we have <laughs> other couples come on and we just talk about love and relationships and awesome. how to make it work and stuff and it's been really fun and uh yeah those are like two of the main kind of things that i'm excited about right now mm-hmm. and uh juliarazi.com twitter it's spelled different so it's with a g mm-hmm. that's it awesome yeah thank you so much for being thanks here. for having me and thank you for picking a good album and a good song that uh, i guess we'll close on uh, yeah I'll and i'll be on any vine stars movie i just want to make that clear <laughs> i don't I, I think people under 25 are wonderful and if you can give me a job i'm in it um <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to, oh, I should, uh, I keep forgetting to promote this. Uh, go to the Stand Up Records Roku channel. There's select episodes of comedy on vinyl that you can listen to. Like, you'll see a big logo of our fucking show, but you'll be listening to an episode of an, old, an older episode of the show. Uh, the Stand Up Records Roku channel's got a bunch of really cool stuff. So it's kind of like a podcast network, but like limited. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me. I'm not going to tell you. you can, nobody can spell my last name. Um, and uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, Have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. Vinyl.com.